Diakonos, a cop's calling, is supported by the Lancaster Patriot. The Lancaster Patriot is a conservative newspaper serving Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and beyond. If you are tired of liberal bias in your local newspaper, then you need to switch to the Lancaster Patriot right now. The Lancaster Patriot is not ashamed to stand on biblical truth and defend traditional values. Their newspaper includes local stories from Lancaster County, local sports, state, national, and international stories. They even have faith and perspective sections that apply the scripture to our culture. This is not a newspaper that will win any liberal or woke awards, but it will bring you the news free from corporate agendas and government talking points. Subscribe to the Lancaster Patriot today and get a real print newspaper delivered right to your door every single week. I am a proud subscriber of the Lancaster Patriot, and you can join me. As a fan of Diakonasa Cops Calling, you can get a discounted subscription right now. Use promo code Diakonas, that's D-I-A-K-O-N-O-S, and receive $15 off your first year's subscription. Sign up online at thelancasterpatriot.com or call 717-370-7508. Again, enter code Diakonas and save $15 on your first year subscription to local, honest, and conservative news. Visit www.thelancasterpatriot.com for more information or call them at 717-370-7508. Yeah. So you're going to do head coach? Yeah. Wow. That's like, you're the man. You got to send all the emails. Yeah. You got to temper down like exactly. crazy parents who, who say their kid is like oh, the yeah. next. I'll probably regret it. Bend it, bend it like Beckham guy. And you're like, this kid can't even walk barely. <laughs> Right. Uh, Have you seen your kid kick a ball? Like he's not going to be the next Beckham. Yeah. Well, I'll probably regret it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're going to get in a fight with some parents. It'll be super funny. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I asked, I asked, uh, I asked a guy I'm, I'm coaching with, um, if he wanted to do the head coach or if he wanted me to do it. And he's like, I'm, I'm good with being the assistant. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. You got to send all the emails out. It'll be fun. It'll be fun for the boy. It'll be fun for, uh, because the other coach's boy is going to be on the team too. Okay. Perfect. At least that's what we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, George Steinbrenner this and get the right people on our team. Um, I mean, I would, I would assume that they would put our own kids on our team. They definitely will. Coach. If you're coaching. Yeah. So that'll be fun. The, the boys are excited about it. So, and I helped out a little bit this year. There was a couple of times where the assistant coach wasn't there and the, the coach uh, asked me to step in and it was fun. Like, I loved it. Right. Like just, just doing little things, not like really out on the field or anything, but just helping with substitutes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I love it. I'm yeah. so into it. And I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, you're good at bossing people around, <laughs> especially when they're little too. And they can't kids, like fight back. These, these kids, uh, uh, they're not yeah. gonna know what hit them. Lauren, Lauren was Lauren was giving me a hard time. She's like, "You're gonna like damage these children." Yeah, if you make them cry, though, you got like, there's no crying in soccer. Like, you gotta end that real quick. I I think my my starting speech when we start up is gonna be like, <laughs> "I kids, love you're working it out already." Oh, I'm already working on. It. I, I'm gonna be like, "Kids, this is not about having fun. This is not about doing your best. This is about winning at all costs." To see how that goes yeah. over with the parents. Yeah, no matter what, this isn't fun. <laughs> There's no fun. We're not here to have fun. We're, We're here, here to work. Win. Work, work hard and win. and win. Yeah. Yeah. Drive Get that them t shirts. Work hard and win. Yeah. Now, I was trying to remember what I always told uh, my son. I think it's, 
I think I always tell them, have, have fun, do your best. Yeah. But there's a third thing, and I don't know what it is. Maybe be a good teammate, teamwork. I don't know. Something that I don't remember, so I probably don't really believe in. Right, right. <laughs> so do your best. Yeah, you believe in that. I, I believe in teamwork. It is, it is, I think it is good for them to be in a team sport. Oh, yeah. Because it just, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of conflict on the field. You have kids that are bigger sure. that they'll see kids that are better. So they'll just shove them and push them. And, right. And you got to learn to like move around them yeah. or like. Yeah. It gets, it gets, uh, it gets pretty uh, competitive. And, and, so, the, and the older he gets, the more competitive. Oh, yeah. The more aggressive competitive he gets. He's always been competitive, but the more aggressive he is with it. Which yeah. I like, I like yeah. watching that. He, he loves playing with older kids because he wants to get better. Yeah. So he'll even tell me, hey, dad, play, play hard, and then I'll crush it. Do you talk trash, too? Like, if you drop him, like, you'll stand over top and be like, I got you. We do talk trash to yeah. each other. That's good. Um, so. You got to teach a kid to talk trash, but not in a, like... Not in a way that's like a mean, nasty, right? Like, like not nasty. Yeah. But like you got to be able to talk trash. Now, see, it's an one important skill in life. It is. You need to know how to mm -hmm. do it, um, and you need because you also need to know how to handle it when it's being talked to you. Not be a sore loser. There's nothing worse than someone who talks trash, and then they can't take it. Like that person, I don't have any time for. There's a lot of cops like that. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Like cops be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. They talking all kinds of trash. And then you say one little thing and then right. doors are getting slammed. They're going to the boss and being like, man, low send this. Silent thing. treatment. Yeah. Be like, so bro, grow up, man. Passive aggressive stuff. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. Uh, yeah. I, I hate like, it. Puff your chest out and go at it. Like that's, that's what you do. I would, tell, I would tell officers, I'm like, listen, you, you're paid. You have a gun on your hip. And you're, you're, you're paid and you're given all this responsibility yeah. um, to uh, deal with confrontation. And if you can't deal with some uh, tension and confrontation with, among your own peers, your own coworkers, like, I, I don't get it. Like, especially go when talk to the person. Especially when it's all in fun. Right. Like, yeah. it's, like most of the time, it's not to yeah, be mean. Yeah, no, exactly. If you don't like another cop, like you're not going to talk to him. Right. Like even if there's like a little bit of like like or like somewhat like, hey, this guy's new. So we're going to pick on him a little bit. Like if you're new and like nobody has any respect for you or you're like, you better prove yourself first. You're not talking to that, that person until they do something like worthy of your time, which is so right. stupid. It's so prideful or whatever, but. Right. But at the same time, there's also, there are also conflicts at times oh, yeah. where, where like, legit ones, like legit conflicts where officers are not willing to go talk to the person, which always, always surprised me. Yeah. Like I never understood it. And when I, when I was a supervisor, I would, I told, I told officers, I was like, do not, if you have a problem with another officer on your shift, don't come talk to me about it unless it's something that's like immoral, illegal, sure. you know, something like that, that needs a supervisor involved. But if you just have like an interpersonal conflict and you come to me to complain about it, I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, have you talked to that person? Right. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to solve that problem for you. You are, yeah. you're, you're a cop, right? You're <laughs> expected to, to like, like talk to people and confront oh, people man. for it used to drive me crazy. Are you, are you like, if you're outside of work, do you like confronting problems or issues? So if you're at a no. restaurant and they give you like a, you ask for medium, medium rare or medium steak 
and it comes out like no. well done. Because we, because that to me is not a big deal. Right. I, I don't say anything. My wife my wife loses her mind. Yeah. She says, just say something, send it back. I go, no, no, no. It's fine. I'll just eat it. I think I think part of it is because like we deal with confrontation all the time in our work. Yeah. And then the other part of it is we rank like issues. If I get food that's not correct at a restaurant, that that's really not it's not like, worth my time. It's not worth my time or and energy. aggravation yeah. or like wondering if the cook is now like doing something to my food because I complain. <laughs> right, right. You know, I no, I I actually don't. I I I generally think Lauren is more confrontational in day-to-day oh, life. Oh yeah. Than I am because I'm just like it's not that big of a deal. Like I don't really care. Now if it if it's like spiritual matters, you know. Oh, sure. like, I'm talking mo- like Like yeah. I'm talking like just yeah, you get the wrong food at a restaurant or um yeah. Although, but now I'm thinking about like when I drive. I can get really aggravated when I drive. Oh, you yeah, really? Oh yeah, I can get really aggravated. But again, it's nothing like But that's not conf- you're not confronting anybody. Yeah. You're just yelling. Yeah, I might be into I'm, the air. Yeah, I might be yelling in my car. I'm not like giving the finger or anything like that or <laughs> or like, you know, getting Pulling out of my out car. Or gun at him. <laughs> no, I'm not I yeah, you're right. I'm just blowing off steam yeah, inside my car. That's but, different. That's not coming. Um but yeah. Eh, yeah. Like if I see the the confrontation coming, I exit the area. Like I I want to remove myself from it. Like I'm that like Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm that passive that I don't even want to be there. Like, I'm, I'm probably not yeah. to that extent. I'm, ju- I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think for me, I think as we're talking this out, I think more for me, it, it, it tends to be what is, the, what is the issue. Yeah, what are we talking like, about? Like, do I really need to like, deal with this? I don't want to deal with this. Um, yeah, so I think it's a case-by-case basis. Like when you see if you if you when you say if you see a conflict approaching, like what do you mean by that? Oh, like someone's not happy with their food or they're asking oh, about yeah, gluten free stuff and whatever. You just want to like, be like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be involved. I, like it's not my like. I don't, yeah, it makes I don't you even, uncomfortable. Yeah, like, but I, see, that's like a really minor thing, right? That I think I think that's the issue. I think for us, like minor things that we see people complaining about. I cringe, like if I'm at a restaurant with someone, I cringe if they're like, That's, you know, this isn't right. This is like, I'm like, dude, just shut up and eat your food. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. who cares? But you like know? in reality, you're choosing to go to this place and you're expecting a certain thing because you've asked for it and you're going to pay for it. So like, I get how people are like, like yeah, upset for sure. over it or like whatever, but it's just not my thing. Like, for sure. I don't even care. Yeah. I'm just like, whatever. exactly. Exactly. Whatever. For sure. So yeah, I think I think I think basically what we arrived on here, we don't like conflict outside. We don't. I don't think we like conflict on the job. We're just saying we're a lot more comfortable with it on the job because we view it as important. Yeah. Although Out. on the job, I like conflict. Like even not necessarily not in interpersonal conflict, but like conflict with the lawbreaker. Like I like that. Yeah. Because because it's like a challenge. Then it's fun, and I could expend my energy and thoughts and like right. try to trick them into whatever into saying like what I need them to tell me or whatever, you, right. like, or like working the problem, like that's fun and exciting. And like that motivates me and gets me like, like it gets the juices flowing. For sure. But then when I'm, when I'm out of that, I'm like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. But again, so I think it comes down to what the conflict is. Sure. If we decide the conflict doesn't matter, we want no part of it. Right. 
like I just yes, I just want to go away. I don't want any part of it. Right. Um Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that means anything or no. why we talked about that, but because we talk about everything. This is low expectations. Take four, Gary. Yeah, we're four in. Four in. Um, and they just keep getting worse and worse. <laughs> no, I, 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 I always say that it, it's probably not true. I think it's we're fine. They all stand on their own. They all stand on their own. Yeah, there's no like we talk progression. About, I don't think it's just it's just us. It's it's just us. I'm glad you keep uh, having talking. me on. Yeah, I'm waiting I'm, for the call. Be like, hey, Gary, I'm kind of done with uh, low expectations. No, I'm very on. thankful that you uh, you come on. I I honestly, I've thought about it uh, just a couple of days ago. I was like, I really should. I feel like I need to give Gary something for for coming on. He he donates. You're basically providing a donation to the podcast every time you come on because you don't get anything. So maybe you need to do an ad for me, like just my person, like my personhood. <laughs> And say, hey, like, a, a was, shout out, shout out to Gary Lowe because he's like, he's he's my guy. Like, do those things like, they just do like at the end of a yearbook. He's six foot one. He's down twenty pounds recently. Like, do do one of those things they do at the end of yearbooks where parents write nice things about yeah, their kids. You just like, say nice just, things just about me. Do, pull an ad. Yeah, like a twenty second ad. Reach out to Langster Patriot. Uh, throw, throw me on Langster Patriot. Just see, this guy. He's see a if they would fellow. do a uh, do an ad for you. I would hate that. Just a picture of you. Just be like, this is Gary. <laughs> Listen to Yaknats, the cops calling low expectations. This is Gary. Uh, he's the star of the show. Uh, whatever. <laughs> just, just say nice things and just throw that in there with the ad. Yeah. Or I could just get your picture and throw it on the ad. Just have you peeking into the ad. Like, like just, just your kinda... head. Yeah. And people would be like, oh, who's that? I'm, I'm going to listen to this. Maybe it would help. I don't know. I doubt it. Um, but I, I do appreciate the Lancaster Patriot. They've been running... Uh, very large ad for the podcast That's awesome and uh i've been doing a read ad for them which i i feel like i'm getting the much better deal but i yeah. don't know it, it's been working out um the editor a, uh over there is, what do you call it quid pro quo isn't that it's when you just say isn't that like an attorney term though when you Probably. represent someone for free i don't, I don't think it's but either way no it's, it's a, a it's this a cool for that thing. it's a this for that yeah but that's not quid pro yeah. quo. This yeah. for that? Yeah. No, because the attorney I'll, isn't getting anything. It's not. Oh, my goodness, Anthony. We had this conversation about a. All right, folks. We our had first a, argument. No, no, no. We had of the day of, of this episode. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, we had an argument about another word and I was right. Do you remember? You that? were. What but was you're that? wrong about this. Um, it was it was a word that that makes a sound or what, what's it? Called? Oh, uh onomatopoeia yes and you were right yeah i yeah. looked it up later it's okay um, to say gary you were right i was wrong oh my you word. could say you were you are smart i am dumb you are pretty i am not you are strong i am weak it's okay to so say those quid things. pro quo it's a, again again a favor or advantage granted or expected in return for something how are you always right about everything dude you forget how smart i am what the the other thing it's uh the thing you're thinking about is a uh pro bono you forget oh. how smart I am, Anthony. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, pro bono. Yeah. And I didn't even, like, I didn't even have access to, like, looking up that word. I just knew it in my head because of the kind of person that I am, Anthony. I'm, I, it's, when I'm around you, yeah. and I don't know why I enjoy being around you and Lauren, because when I'm around you guys, I realize how much I don't know. <laughs> I, I you guys are constantly right. 
I make things up all the time. No, but you're constantly right. Right. Because we'll get done with an episode and I'll be like, I know I'm right about that. And I'll look it up and I'll be like, dang it. He was right about that <laughs> too. It's awesome. And then I try to forget about it so I don't have to bring it up on the next show. But yeah, yeah. You're, you were right about- So I'm two for two. You're two for two. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm happy. That's 100%. You're winning. And the, the, competitive, to... the competitive side of me is, is dying inside right now. Right, like you want to fight right now just yeah. to see if you could put me to chokehold or smack me around a little bit. No, no, I don't. Want we haven't to. wrestled in a while. Like, yes, because you know you're not. I mean, we you know, we used to we used to do that. We used to yeah, we used like, to, like have like wrestling or... matches in SEU. Yeah, didn't we do that a couple times in the office? Yeah, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, you can't do that stuff nowadays. No, every you know, no, yeah. people would get in trouble. Everything's scary. Everything's uh. Everything's what are we talking about today? Hey, so, well, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about the Philadelphia officer, um, that Philadelphia officer who shot and killed that 12-year-old who shot at the police. Yes. He is being charged um, with uh, murder. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about, uh, you had shared a story about <laughs> intimidating uniforms. Oh. Um, so we're going we're gonna to look at that. And I think we'll talk... We'll talk about the uh, Uvalde police shooting. Man, that's tough. Um, I don't know. The school shooting. The school shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did I say? Uvalde police, police shooting. Sorry. Yeah, the school shooting. Um, we'll talk about that some too, I think. Uh, There's still stuff coming out of it. That's going to be hard to talk about. See, I, and, I, and that's, my, that's my concern with talking about that. Because, and, and I put something out on, uh, on social media this week. I was like, can we just... Basically, I just said, it, can we just let the people mourn, let the parents mourn that lost kids, let the people mourn that lost loved ones? Um, that was my first point. And then my second point is, can we just wait till all the facts are known before we get on our moral soapboxes? Yeah. And can we grieve with them? Like, it's, yeah. it's not easy to do that. But like, when you hear those things, like, you, you, you have to grieve too. Like, even like tough guys like you, like, you have to. Yeah, it's, it's super it's a super it is terrible, heavy, sad thing. And if you think about it, like if you just like, like if you take a 10,000 foot, like flyover of it, you can right. move on with life. But if you actually like ponder the sadness of it right. and the depravity of it and like just the wickedness of it, like it should eat you up a little bit and you got to like pause and take a deep breath and just kind of like grieve with them, even though you have no involvement at all with them. Right. But I, I think, uh, do you know who, who uh, uh, what is it, Thomas Sal? Tom, is it Thomas Sal? Thomas Sal. I, I think I'm getting his. Samuel Say? No, not Samuel Say. Samuel Say is uh, really, really uh, solid. Um, yeah, Thomas Sal. Um, he's like, he's actually an economist, but he, he, uh, he writes a lot. He, he talks a lot about cultural issues. Um, uh, just, uh, yeah, he's a writer economist, but he, he's like solid. Okay. Um, in, in my opinion, he has a lot of good things to say. And I saw a quote by him and he was saying like, people need a hero and they need a villain. And so to, to like either lift up or, or to like go after they, they need, they need that in their lives. And so I think sometimes in these school shootings when the shooter is killed people 
people aren't looking at it in an eter- eternal way that he is most likely again unless you know unless he in his dying breaths confessed and believed most likely he is facing the judgment that you know he he deserves um but people don't view it like that they they're like this guy's dead who who can we blame for this so who, we need a villain in this we need a that villain. villain's gone that villain's gone like okay. he's dead so who can we blame in this and for me that was one of the disheartening things is first of all not letting people grieve at all and then just trying to uh assign blame to the police for what they did and and literally every day new information is coming out and i'm like how can we how can we why why are we doing this like why why are we you know i i i saw you know i think i even saw some pastors and some like pundits and people who i actually think highly of just like just completely trashing the police i'm like can we just have a level of humility here right. to be like we don't even know what happened yet we're we're getting new information um i saw like uh georgia georgia law enforcement or um some sort of um uh georgia law enforcement page they put out uh something claims and basically like fact checking some of the stuff that came out and I'm reading down through it. And even that, I'm like, I don't even know if this is all correct and true. Right. But it was interesting to look at the claims that are made and how things have changed. Like, remember the guy, the guy who supposedly was in the barbershop, the, the uh, um, Border Patrol guy in the barbershop right. is getting his hair cut. He grabs a gun. He goes. He puts down the shooter. Well, that never happened. Right. He, uh, supposedly, he did grab the gun, but he went and basically helped evacuate people. He never shot at the guy. But like all this stuff is just churned out there that isn't even true. The fact that the door was propped open, now the door wasn't propped open. It was shut, but it didn't lock correctly. Like Right. It's wild. Yeah. The fact that a school resource officer was on scene, now the school resource officer wasn't on scene. Right. The fact that the school resource officer, they were even reporting early on that the school resource officer shot at and engaged right, with them. Right, before but, he went into the school. Yeah, yeah. Just, we, like we literally don't know what happened and there is zero level of humility. There's just people just spewing their comments on it without even knowing what happened and it's without apology yes and there's no shame like afterwards um, hey we made a mistake and we reported this like it's not no there's nothing right it's just like every man for himself um get the clicks get the people to read your stuff get the people to listen to what you're saying and then say something else so that way people will listen and click and right that's 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 what i think is disheartening about it um i do think on my on my episode coming up i will talk a little bit more about it i want to talk a little bit more about you know how to view it how to view the loss of life and and just uh yeah how we're you know where are we assigning blame we're assigning blame to the blame lies with one person in this situation right one person and he, he's not even talked about. What did right. the police do? What did the teachers do? What did the parents do? And can I just say this? The video of the, of the police keeping the parents from going into school, the police were really crushed for that. Right. First of all, I don't know when that video was taken, right. when in the event that video was taken. Right. And the question I want to ask the people is, would have been better or worse had the police let the parents storm the school? 
Right. Would have that made the situation better or worse? Right. Well, the answer is worse. Yeah. That wouldn't have helped. Like, I understand it as a parent. I understand it. Like, my kids are in elementary school. Like, I get it. I know. Yeah. I probably would have been one of those parents. I probably would have stormed the school, given the chance. Right. Um, but was know, it over at that point? You know what I mean? Where, like, where were we in it? Yeah, like, where were, were yeah. we in the situation? And you, you can't, like, you have a scene, whether it's over, whether it's active, it doesn't matter. Like, if it's over, if the, if the shooter's dead and it's over, you can't, you can't let them into the scene. It's a crime scene. Like, I get it. Their babies are in there. You can't let them into the crime scene. Right. It, it's a, it's yeah. a crime scene. If it's still active, having a bunch of parents go in is not going to make it better. It's going to make a chaotic situation worse. And, yeah. and I, does it look good that a parent was down on the ground with a cop on top of them? No. But what do you want that cop to do? Right. Hey, cop, go ahead. If the cop ahead, lets the parent go in and the parent ends up getting shot and killed, then this the cop's sued. demonized for yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's a no win. I just, I just wish people would take a step back and go like, if I was a police officer in this situation, what would have I done? There's no humility. It's just like, oh, I would have done this and I would have done this. And that includes cops. You yeah, hear yeah, cops yeah. Yep. who have never been shot at, who've never had a gun pulled on them, who've never been in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I would have done this. Really? That's what you would have done? You don't know what you would have done. Right. You right. train for it and you hope you know what you would have done. But just. But you don't know till it happens. You don't know yeah. till it happens. Just have some humility. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Humility. Mm-hmm. Be humble. Like, don't. I, that was really discouraging to me watching that. Like it's a terrible, terrible tragedy. Right. And we don't even give it time to breathe. We don't even allow people to like, we want to turn it into a second amendment thing. We want to turn it into what did the police do wrong? You know, we just, we want a villain. We want to, we want a villain. And truly the villain is it's sin. It's our own hearts. Yeah. This fella. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. But, so we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I think we could. Which we just kind of did, yeah. I mean, what, what else? What other thought? Like, when, when the news came out, what, what other thoughts did you have? So, like, I heard about it in the afternoon or evening. My wife told me about it, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I didn't want to ruin my night. Right. I tend to dwell on things and obsess and yeah. think too much about things. So I waited till the next day, and then I started reading stuff and then the more i read i'm just like man what like it was that it was the, the narratives changing the the facts and i put that in quotes right the things that people are claiming to be facts are changing like lit, like on the hour yeah and it was it was unreal so i was like i gotta unplug a little bit right and uh yeah that was it i mean i just went on with my day kind of sad yeah for sure yeah I think sometimes our hunger for information and knowledge um, is, is not good for us as humans. Like yeah. we have, we have uh, feeble, finite minds. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not God. Right. And so like in a quest to try to understand and make sense, we, there, cannot, there cannot be a room, there cannot be room to let to let the investigation happen and let it be figured out there. Any type of small little vacuum is filled with information from people who literally don't even know what happened. 
right um talking heads and and people who are just um you know making their guesstimate at what happened right and i also doesn't don't think it helped that the police department um didn't do a good job like i would say that the the leaders of the police department did not do a good job in managing that they were trying to get information out there as fast as possible so that there wouldn't be a vacuum of information yeah. but the problem is they were putting out information that wasn't verified that i mean we're talking hours after the shooting we're, we're they're putting out information that has not been verified the investigation hasn't even started they're still i mean it, right. it's just wild to me yeah um, and it's a pretty small police department right yeah yeah do you remember the size i don't i didn't even honestly look in look yeah. into it like you know um but if it's small like they're really i mean you're yeah you're not able to i mean you're not ready to handle that right and you and that's okay because right. you're you shouldn't be expected to handle a school shooting where right. you know 15 20 30 kids get killed like that that's that's huge like that yeah. would that would destroy chicago police department it's a huge police department with tons of resources everything would come to a halt so it's the same thing it's just smaller scale right i was reading an interesting story um just recently about the the uh what was the unit that went in? it was the border patrol tactical unit bortac or whatever yeah, they yeah. called um i i never heard of them Me they're neither. they're uh they're actually like a really high speed um tactical unit yeah. that has done training with top tier um you know military type tactical like teams tech stuff um and uh they're they don't they're like we're we like to be silent a lot of people yeah. a lot of people didn't even know they existed i didn't know they existed but they they um yeah supposedly they're like super super high speed units so they probably do like they probably do cartel. a lot of cartel stuff yeah um i think raids. the article even talked about the cartel stuff they do so they're like yeah super which is like super high risk entries yeah which is what you need in that situation yeah. for sure yeah and and i think you know and and that's the argument like well why didn't the why didn't the police do more why didn't they like this was an active shooter and my whole thing is but even okay, was it but well that's my whole thing yeah. like it, it was an active shooter but by the police by the time the police arrived was it still an active shooter or was it a hostage situation right. like those are two separate things and then people are like well what if you had kids that were down and shot and injured don't don't they have a responsibility to put their lives on the line and yeah but did they know that did they know what was on the other side of the door and my understanding of this door it was like a very secured steel door in in cement like they didn't have the proper tools to get in it um you know the shooting had stopped at that point from what i understand right did they know if kids were in this room like there's so many unknowns about this right and we're just like well they should have done this and they should have done that yeah. and i'm like dude you sit behind a desk and right. you type on a computer right <laughs> or like should have drove their tahoes into the into the room like right in, in through the building walls well like what if you what if you what if nothing was happening right. and you hit again a, a brick hits a kid and kills the kid like it's it's like it's, it's a no win it's a no win it's and terrible. i get it like that's, like I'm frustrated. Like it's yeah, frustrating. That's that's you know, as police officers, these are the things that we have to think about and we have to digest and we have to live with, live with, yeah. and mentally rehearse. Yeah. But when it, when it's happening, the level of confusion is immense. The sure. level of clarity is about zero. Right. The level of confusion is immense. You have uh, officers in that building. My understanding that had kids in the school. 
Um, and we've gone through training where, you know, we talk about that. If you have to go take, take a school where you have kids, you have to have the mindset. If you see your kid injured, move past and take out the threat before you deal. Right. Like people don't think about that. They don't think about what that would be like to be a police officer and go into a school where your kids were, see them injured and know that your job is still to literally step over them and hunt and, the bad guy. And hunt the bad guy. Yeah. People don't think about that. Right. That's a hard thing to do. It's an extremely hard yeah. thing to do. And as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking about my own kids. Like, yeah. how could I do that? But in that moment, that would be my job. Right. Like, you know. And it's, pro- and it's like not only your job, it's probably the right thing to do. Right. You know, so like it's one thing that it's your job. It's another thing that it's, it's the right thing to do. Right. But. But I just, uh, I, I, I couldn't imagine that. It's a different mindset to have. As yeah, a, it's, as a cop, you got to have a different mindset than the, the average person, right? And not everybody can be expected to to have that mindset. And in reality, cops probably think they have the mindset until it happens, and they might not have the mindset. And, and a lot and, of them don't. Then, and you can't like, like you can say, "Hey, you're a terrible person," but like in reality, they're not a terrible person. They they weren't they weren't um, cut out of the right piece of fabric for that situation, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Because you don't know till you know. Right. You know, and that, and that's where the humility piece comes yeah. in. Just be humble. Just be like, you know what? I'll be the first to admit there could have been things done differently. Yeah. I'm going to wait and see. I right. still want to know. I, I still want to have like a, a steadfast, uh, completely investigated timeline in front of me to see. And if there were cops who like cowardly did not do what they were supposed to do, hold them accountable, right. fire them. Like what, whatever, whatever that, whatever needs to happen there. Like, I'm all about that. But to, to just say like, you know, oh, they didn't do their job. You know, they should have done this. They should have done that. It, it's a, uh, it's a obtuse claim to make. Obtuse. And hopefully I use that word correctly. Geometry. What's the uh, opposite of obtuse? I have no idea. Acute. I think. <laughs> how, how did I not know? That you were this smart. I don't know, man. You should have known. You know me a long time. I'm now looking up obtuse. Annoyingly, I actually used the word correctly. Annoyingly insensitive or slow to understand. It's perfect. Or of an angle more than 90 degrees and less than 180 degrees. An obtuse angle of 150. What's the uh, antonym? Uh, Which is the opposite. I know what an antonym is. Well, I just want to make sure. Don't talk down to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> obtuse antonym uh man i hope i'm right i'm pretty confident where Dead. oh that like i think i need to do obtuse triangle it's giving it's giving like it's giving the opposite of the word as i used it not yeah as not you the would second it, definition yeah in math, math or whatever geometry um this is great radio right here. Great radio. <laughs> hey, you guys just push the uh, 30 second forward here. Acute. 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 Right, You're right. Nice. So, yeah, we, we, we worked it out. Yeah. Internet's a great thing. And it's also a terrible thing because that's what is driving the terrible, <laughs> terrible yeah. narrative and stuff we see coming out of the police shooting. But, yeah, any more thoughts on it? Like, I, I think I, 
I, I'm with you. I don't want to dive into it too much because I don't feel like we know everything yeah. yet. Yeah, I don't want to dive into it. I don't want did to be you, critical. Did you see like Beto, Beto, what's his name? O'York? Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, when he like jumped into the press, like somebody should have punched him right in his face. Dude, I thought the mayor was going to punch well, him. He's in a walker or like a wheelchair and he stands up and he's like, how dare you? And he's Oh, I didn't realize screaming. he was in a walker or well, a wheelchair. That's what it looked like. But oh. yeah, that was terrible. I, that would, I was pretty upset about and, that. And, and, and there's a guy who's trying to use you know, the event to drive, um, you know, the second amendment, like let's abolish the second right. amendment. Let's get right. rid of guns. And, uh, I mean, we can have that conversation. I'll have that conversation about the second amendment. It, I, people who obey laws, they're called criminals for a reason, right? You can make as many laws as you yeah. want. It, it's not going to matter. The people that are going to follow those laws are people who, who follow the law. Right. Um, is, are there things they can change in regards to background checks? And maybe I, I'm not smart enough to know what those things are, but ultimately people set on doing evil are going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when you, when you have a building, what's, what's crazy is Beto O'Rourke or whatever his name is. He probably has armed security. Right. And, and these these people like, you know, we're going to talk about the Philly DA, mm -hmm. um, Krasner. He has, I watched, I watched, watched this uh, series on him. We're, we're going to talk about, it. we're going to get into that. But he has, he has an armed guy with him at all times. And Krasner hates the Second Amendment. He, he's all about gun control and making it stiffer. And, and, you know, I don't know exactly where he, he draws the line, but I'm like, dude, you, you have the luxury of standing behind a ginormous armed guy for your protection, and yet you want to make sure that no one can stand in front of kids in schools. Right. I don't understand that. Right. In fact, we put up these signs that say, gun-free zone. Right. I, you might as well put up a sign and says, uh, very soft target here, criminals welcome. Right. Because do you think this guy you know, in Uvalde set on doing evil? thought about where he was going to go to do that or do you think he just like magically was driving down the street and decided i don't know but like he probably he like, probably it's thought an easy about target it. it's an easy and you're target. a coward and you have no it's an like elementary school yeah it's it's the easiest thing ever right yeah and you and you know like you know the kids aren't going to be armed you know the the uh the parents volunteering there you know the uh teachers you know, they, we, we put up these like gun free zones around all these like schools and, and then we're shocked when violence happens there because people set on doing violence, criminals set on doing violence, don't like to be uh, confronted. Right. You know, because in general, they're cowards. Yes. Yeah. They're looking for soft targets. Right. That's why we tell people if you're in a large city, you know, keep your head up, be looking around, don't have your, don't have your, your, your phone in your hand, looking at your phone. Be careful about where you pull your wallet out, showing the amount of cash you have, because, because people are literally looking for the softest target. Right. Who, who's my mark? Who's the easiest person I can go after? Right. And how easy would it be to go into an elementary school and kill a bunch of people? Well, in our day and age, very easy. It's pretty easy. Which is sad. Super sad. Um, yeah. and, but we don't want to talk about that. We, ha we have, uh, you know, I don't know the last time we had a school fire. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I, um, I, I want to say it was in the 1950s or okay. something like that. 
if I read recently. We, we have all these precautions and all these things set in place for a fire at a school, and we haven't had one since, again, I think the 1950s. School shootings have been on the rise, and, and we're not willing to talk about how can we really deal with that. Let's just make more laws. More laws that criminals can break and still go to soft targets. Yeah, they're not listening to the law. They're, they're not they're, listening to the law. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If, regard, if you want to have a conversation about there's too many guns in this country, okay, I'll have that conversation. Um, yeah. But the bottom line is it's, it's the reality of our country. There are a lot of guns out there. I'm not a huge gun guy. Do I have guns? Yes. You want to come to my house and break down my door? You're probably going to die. You know? <laughs> like, right. I, you know, that's, you know, we can have the conversation about are there too many guns in America? But the bottom line is, even, even if you say, yes, there's too many guns in America, the, the 1% of the population or whatever percent of the population who are in the criminal element will never give up their guns. The only people you will ever get to give up their guns are law-abiding citizens. Right. And so is that the world you want? You want the law-abiding citizens to give up their guns and then let the criminal element because they're criminals and they don't follow the law to keep their guns? Is that what you want? You think that's going to solve the problem? Right. It's insanity to me. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, it just takes some critical thinking. And I'm not a smart guy. We've established on this episode that, <laughs> that I'm not a smart guy. But I don't understand this level of just like complete separation of common sense from, from yeah, the conversation. I agree. So, well, thanks for agreeing with me, Gary. I appreciate it. Yeah, we don't disagree on too many things. No, we, we I wish don't, we did. Actually. It would disagree. probably make for a better show if we, we were. We have to talk about more things that are not related to like policing because I think we're, we're similar. Really? Like, what could we talk about that we would disagree on? I don't know. That's a good idea to think about. I don't. We should bring something up. I don't know. I guess we're just an echo chamber here. Just uh, so, like, why am I even here? Yeah. You I just talk like, to yourself. I feel like we've talked about. Do you think we should bring back mental hospitals? Yes. I think so too. I, I was thinking that maybe we would disagree on that. No. No, I think we should. I, I think there's just some people who um, are not necessarily criminal, could be criminal, but are incapable of, of have, have behavioral health mental health problems that are so extensive uh, that they should not be mixed in with the general public. Do you think that's because we've gone the way of medic medicating I think, every symptom that you have? I think that's possible. I yeah. think we also have our, our quick to label sin as symptoms in this country. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like, I mean, this is the old man in me coming out, like back in the day. Like you just didn't see the, the obvious mental, like someone in need of mental health or have mental health deficiencies. I don't know. Am I saying that right? Like I don't, I don't want to try, I don't know. try not to like offend. Mental health or behavioral, isn't behavioral health now the real big know, term? Man. I don't like know. Like when you have problems. Right. Like it just seems way more like there than right. it was. And I don't think it's because like the facilities are gone. Like, I think it has just increased, but I, I mean, I, I can't back that up. It just seems like we, we medicate so much 
it's like just take take a pill for this take a pill for that right take a, and it it almost like does it help does it is it adding to the problem is and, it and there's no real studies on that i know of that is looking at how are these medications affecting people mentally sure um you know like obviously there's a need for medication because we right. have like problems in our brains like i get i mean i i, I believe that but like it just, I don't know, man. It seems like, like if you drive through like certain areas, you're just like, oh my goodness. Like that person's not okay. Right. Like that person's not okay. That person's not okay. Right. Like there's something wrong with them. Right. I, I don't know, man. And, and they, you know, again, they, they could be a danger to the general public just because someone has those behavioral health problems doesn't mean they're definitely going to be, but they, they could be. Yeah. And you and I have dealt with people over and over again that have levels of mental and behavioral health problems that are a danger to people. Right. I just dealt with one recently who, who was in placement for two and a half years. Two and a half years in placement. Yeah. Home for a month. Absolutely beats the living crap out of wow. a family member. I mean, yeah. Right. And, and, and so your question is, okay, there's definitely some mental and behavioral health things here and and it, it's like an internal struggle for me because i'm like there's there's sin issues here this person needs to be held accountable but at the same time our system right now does not want to hold people accountable if they have any level of mental or behavioral health they only want treatment right there can be both we don't want to have that conversation because you know you put them in you put them in prison you're just a terrible person Right. Terrible person to put them in prison. Or you can't even get them in prison. In in this incident, I they wouldn't go to prison. Right. Right. It's they would you know, so I my hands were kind of tied. Like, what am I gonna do with this person? What's the best option to get him out of the house? Right. You know? But but yes, overall, like and again, I think the reason state mental hospitals or be Again, I guess I think we're supposed to say behavioral health. All right, forgive me. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't keep up with all the terminology. Um, the, you know, they they were, a lot of them were ended because there was mis, you know, abuse and sure, mistreatment sure. going on. So, but Which again, is, it was probably run by the government, right? Probably, yeah, because right? they were state. They right. were state. They were state hospitals. Once again, the um, government running things is. Is, seems to is not, not be the best. Right. And the other thing is, I think people <laughs> you and I want... I work for the government. But, right. You know well, I mean. and it's not the best. Like, yeah. there's so many things that could be done yeah. better. But, sure. you know, the, the issue, uh, again, is that people want perfection in... They want perfection in, in things and businesses and hospitals and law enforcement and systems from people who aren't perfect. Yeah innately people want perfection right and and i mean that's one thing i talk about on this podcast there is perfection right we, we have a god we have god's son jesus there is perfection that's what people want they want that they know there's an ideal yeah. they know there's an ideal they just don't know where to go for that ideal right they, they try, try to find it in themselves or in right. a system or yes in a they believe ideology. it can be found in themselves right. and it can't right you will you'll never outside. find it in people uh, because the hearts of people are deceitfully wicked above yeah. all else. Like we talked about that on the last episode. And so people 
are like, all right, well, then we're just going to end it because this right. doesn't work. Instead of, instead of going, okay, the reality is people are sinful. They're going to make mistakes or worse. They're going to like do outright sinful things. Um, how do we hold those people accountable? How do we make it better? You don't just end it. Right. You don't just say, we're done with this. Yeah, abolish it or abolish it or or we're going tear to it down. reform yeah, tear it down. We're gonna start over. Uh, because guess what? When you start over with your new uh magical system, you're gonna have the same problems, right. if not worse, especially if those systems completely deny the word of God. For sure. So yeah. man, I'm on a tear today. Yeah, you I'm getting all fired up. I like it. I like your aggression. All right. So what else are we talking about? Um, oh, I need to make some corrections. This was bothering me for some reason. You know, the, you know, the last episode we were talking about my chainsaw and I said, it's a Husqvarna yeah. or whatever. It's not, it's a steel. Oh, that's I was good. like, I lied on my episode. I, I think I initially was looking to buy a Husqvarna. If, am I saying and you went right? to, and I bought a steel and in my brain, I still had, I think what's wild about steel is that it's spelled S T I H L and not like steel. Isn't that wild? Right, yeah. it's S T I H L. Yeah, where, where where is it made? Germany or something? I don't know. I just wanted to make that correction. Okay, I felt I felt guilty in case someone that. one of your listeners sees you with your chainsaw and they're like, I'm "He's like, a liar." He's a liar. He lied about the chainsaw he has. Therefore, he's lying. He's about a liar else. about everything else. <laughs> so you made it right. I made it right. That's good. Um, that was amoral, though. You know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah, a, but it, yeah, but it was still a you mistake. You were trying to mis- mislead, but it was still a mistake. Yeah. Which mistakes are born out of sin? Okay. I, I, don't I mean, think that's that pretty was a deep sin. theologically. I don't think what you did was a sin. That's why. No, that's why I said it's right. amoral. Uh. Oh man. I don't it, know. This is a dumb conversation, but it's not a sin if you mistakenly said no, you no, had no, one I'm, thing, but you actually didn't. No, like, you're right. You weren't misleading. I'm not it's saying not like that a, that in an of itself is a sin, but it's mistakes, things that aren't, it, it's born out of sin. Sure. Okay. Imperfection is born out of sin. Sure. Okay. All right. So we agree again. Yeah. It just doesn't, <laughs> it, it's, I don't know. Sometimes you're hard to deal with. <laughs> I'm always hard to deal with. <laughs> not always. Not always. Um, uh, what else? Uh, this is just some like, House cleaning? House, housekeeping cleaning, type keeping. Item, keeping items here. Uh, July podcast is going to be on a little bit of break. We're, good, we're still going to do one low expectations at the beginning of July. The first Tuesday in July, we'll have a low expectations. But the rest of the month, um, uh, the uh, podcast will be on break. So you're not doing like a legit one. July. I'm not doing a legit one. These are legit. Come on. These are legit. But I know what you mean. I'm not doing my long form interview with a guest. Yeah. Um, in July, doing a low expectations first Tuesday of July. Um, and, and that's it. My patrons will have a patrons only episode, probably end of June, beginning of July. Nice. That'll be a live episode and then available for all my patrons to listen to afterwards. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, winner patron prize winner will be, um, announced, uh, during that live episode. So the patrons are getting an extra episode, but July will be pretty much a, a month off. Uh, June, my, my guest for, for June, it is June. Man, I can't believe it's June already. But my guest for June um, coming up the third Tuesday of this month is Detective Jess 
uh, Jessica Higgins. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great episode. Uh, we, we talk about her career. We talk about some of the things she's been through. A uh, really great episode. Um, and then we also talk a lot about women in law enforcement. Um, her perspective on that, my, per- my perspective on that, um, and uh, really great conversation um, that I think people will enjoy hearing her perspective. So that's the third Tuesday of June. Detective Jessica Higgins will um, be on that episode. Um, Ussies, it's a thing. So our last episode, we were talking about selfies. Okay. That okay. was the last one? Wasn't that our last, our last low expectations? We were talking about selfies. It was on the last one. You have a good memory. Um, oh, no. And uh, uh, did, you, did anyone reach out to you about selfies situation? How long, was that a month ago? Yeah. I can't remember. Okay. I mean, I think we had, I think I had a few conversations with people, but like it wasn't, yeah, I, it wasn't I, very memorable. Like, memorable okay i got i got a um i got some really uh awkward selfies from people um people were sending me selfies i forgot about that yeah Yeah, i got a selfie from yeah got some awkward selfies i got i got some people talking to me about selfies you need bathroom selfies no thank god yeah um and uh i had uh someone explain to me that you know how we had the argument about is it a selfie if you're taking it with another person or right, people? Right. And you were saying it isn't. And generally, I, I agree with you. Um, I like how you had to. There's a selfie that, aspect. There's like a selfie your face was so like dismissive. <laughs> um, but someone told me that those actually have a name. They're called ussies. Ussies. I've never even heard I've of that. I've never even heard of it. And I was like, ussy? So I like, had to look it up. I was and it on is that, a thing. I was on that in that conversation and i i was like what yeah ussies that's what they're that's what they're called i don't like it i i don't i don't like any of it but i've um, never heard anybody refer to hey let's take an ussies let's take an ussy like no, i haven't either but it's a legitimate thing i it, it's in urban dictionary you know it's real yeah yeah that's that that's definitely real. actually no i actually read i saw articles about ussies like how it is a word now um so i don't like it i don't like the word I don't, I don't like a lot of things. I'm never going to use it. I'm never going to say, hey, Anthony, let's take an ussy. I will. If, Just to I'm going to hit you. you. <laughs> like if, if you do that, like if we're out and about, if we're vacationing together or something I wanna like that. Take, like, I want to take an ussy of you hitting me because I used the word ussy. That's what I want to do. I'm going to take your phone and throw it. That's what I want to do. Um, hey, we just got through Memorial Day. Is, is like Memorial Day a big... I don't even like calling it a holiday. I don't even like saying happy Memorial Day. I feel like that's weird. I know, but that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. I, I was going to ask your opinion on it. Do, do you say happy Memorial Day? Um, As a veteran. Like, yeah, I do. Is that offensive? I do say it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I've, I've struggled with that. I don't, I, I think I used to say it. And yeah. the more I thought about it, the more uncomfortable I became with it. Happy Memorial Day. I, I don't. I think it's, we can be happy because others have laid down their lives for us. It's like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I think because lo- it is celebratory. Like you have parades, you have lots of music, you have like. Right. But it's done with a certain remembrance, I believe. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people. Um, 
I don't think it means uh, anything to a lot of people. I know for for sure for for us, you know, Lauren and I, we've we've tried with our kids, like let's let's teach them what it means. Uh, one thing we do, and we actually do it with your family every year now. We go yeah, to a to a parade. small local parade, a Memorial Day parade. Um, you know, and that was something we started. We just we just felt like we wanted them to understand what it was. But there's a lot of people who I think don't really think about what it is, what it means. Yeah, but you're a patriotic guy. Like a lot of people aren't patriotic; they don't really care. But I think I think that's something missing in our in our country right now. Oh yeah, like for sure. why 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 is patriotism viewed as a terrible thing? I don't understand that. I don't understand. Yeah, that. I don't either. Um, yeah, because like that's the th- like America first. Like that became like a thing that people got real offended about, or that we should think about ourselves a little bit. I mean, maybe it is selfish, but like I think we should be proud of where we live and where we come from, or at least happy about it. Or right especially when we have the freedoms that we have that we currently have maybe we won't have freedoms at some point but like right. it feels like this is like if you want a job you go find a job if you want to go to um if you want to worship any deity you can like right. you can you can kind of go wherever you want you can do almost whatever you want you know you can't infringe on other people's like property and stuff but like other than that like you can do yeah kind of what you want to do yeah you're protected like i think we've been almost so blessed in this country that we don't we don't even know what we have and we're and we also are extremely uh selfish people we don't look outside the uh boundaries of the u.s and really seek to understand what other countries do and other things they have to deal with um yeah I i don't think we we know yeah, like what we, we have here. Like Afghanistan is was its own like thing, and then we left a month later. All the women are now fully face covered. Like that doesn't sound fun to me. Like if I was right. a woman, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, there, if there's women that want to do that, great. But like, should every woman have to do that just right. because somebody tells you to do that? Right. Like that seems silly to me. Like that's some. I'm happy that we've don't have those types of like right. restrictions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 wild. I think. I, maybe, I think Memorial Day should be uh, celebrated more than than what we we do. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think having a picnic on Memorial Day is a great thing. Like all, right. like it's like the start of summer. I think all the pools open Memorial mm-hmm. Day. Like it's generally yeah. like a, hey, the summer's here. Right. Um, I just think we do a generally bad job understanding. Like, hey, there there are people, there are people who died, literally died. Yeah for us to be able to do it. Like we don't really, we don't really remember and honor. Yeah. And some who didn't even volunteer to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like True. drafted. Drafted. Yeah. You know, basically where you said you live in America and you're a man. I mean, yeah. I think, I don't think we drafted women, right? We, I don't know. I don't, I just think, don't so. think we do. Which is probably, it's kind of weird. I'm glad we don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think Memorial Day is a pretty, good i like seeing all the flags around mm-hmm. i think we used to see a whole lot more yeah um yeah i love it i like memorial day yeah i do get annoyed like 
So like I've been at places where like, hey, you know, all the veterans stand up and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're here for. We have Veterans Day for that. <laughs> you know, like Yes. Yeah. yeah I don't like that. Okay. Um, yep. I think that's so a that kind of like bothers me. Well, going to that point, like what I was saying is I I don't think I don't think some people really understand what Memorial Day is. It's like a day or, off. Or show that they don't care. Right. And and my my guy, my DA, George Gaskin, just did just that. He he sent a tweet out on Memorial Day that got that got some pushback. What happened? What happened? I didn't hear this. I'll I'll read the tweet. He's like, uh, George Gaskin uh, said, when I was 18 years old, I joined the United States Army. I'd like to wish everyone a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend as we reflect on and remember those who have served our country. (laughs) It's not Veterans Day, bro. Right. So you pick it up on it right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, so, this this a Republican congressman Mike Garcia uh, slammed uh, George Gaskin. Garcia represents California's 25th congressional district. I'm reading this right now from a New York Post um, article. Uh, but yeah, he sl- he slammed him. Garcia, Representative Garcia goes, "Are you a ghost?" Question <laughs> mark. He goes, uh, and Garcia was a former United States Navy pilot, so he's pretty high speed if he was a pilot. He goes. If not, you have the wrong holiday, George Gaskin. Veterans Day is in November. This weekend, we honor those who didn't make it home. It's not hard. Neither is recognizing the difference between felonies and misdemeanors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good job, Representative Garcia. That's actually pretty cool. And from California. Yeah, he's from California. He's a United States, uh, former United States Navy pilot. And he was like, George Gaskin, like, what are you doing? Like, boo. Boo. Like, you boo. know, he's very close to getting recalled. So Good. Th- my understand in California, they need a certain amount of uh, signatures, I guess, to get someone recalled. They have, I think they need 550,000. Don't quote me on this, but I think they need 550,000. And they have, I, I believe, over 450,000 signatures. Okay. And they have, I think, till July something. And if they get those signatures, then they can he, have a vote. I guess they can have a vote to have him recalled. Yeah, they won't like recall that. him, dude. Man, that guy is that guy is really bad. Terrible. George Gaskin, terrible. Yeah, he boo, is a friend boo, yeah. of criminals. That's what he is. Yeah. Um, speaking of terrible DAs, let's talk about Krasner. Philly. Philly DA. How long um, has he been the DA in Philly? A long time, right? Good question. I think, was it 2018? That's a good question. I'm not sure. So he's in his second term. I, I'm Are not four year terms. Yeah, I'm not sure when he got when he got uh, placed in office. But he he came out and he they decided to charge this officer with murder of this of this 12 year old um, gun toting. Uh, not only gun toting, he he shot at the police. Um, but Krasner um, and his office are charging um, the officer with murder. Yeah. So not manslaughter, murder, like premeditated. Like this was yeah. like, I think, are they doing first degree? Or isn't is it, it generally just charged murder? And uh, then, yeah, you're right. You're right. Depending on how they're like the jury. The kinda, sentence. Yeah. 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 So anyways, before we get, I, I do want to talk to you about this, this uh, charge. Before we get into that. So Krasner, I just want to talk about Krasner a little bit. All right. Um, Tell me about him. He... So I've read a little bit about him. Obviously, I know some of the stuff coming out of Philly. 
um, at his hands. And I also just recently watched, and I'm going to recommend, there's some channel, you can get it off Amazon Prime, that's where I get it, it's called Topic. Um, I don't know anything about a this. A streaming channel. service. It's a streaming, go to any streaming service, look for the channel Topic, you can get a seven-day free um, subscription to this Topic channel. On the Topic channel is a um, docu-series called Philly DA. It's like seven or eight episodes, riveting. It's really, really interesting watching this. So between watching that, I watched all eight episodes. I and and I, yeah, I basically binge watched it. It was <laughs> it was incredible. Um, and and uh, and it's not all bad. Like like I understand. Like I think they're they actually want to do good things. I just think they're so misguided that most of what they're doing is just a it, it's a complete dumpster fire. It it goes completely against just common sense. Um, the word of God, like every, it, it's, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. But so who is Krasner? Krasner is a civil rights attorney. That's what he was. He was a civil rights attorney and he was actually known for suing law enforcement and defending activists. Um, so he defended BLM activists, other activists. Um, that's what he was known for that. That was his, that's what he did. Um, as you know, before he before became elected. He, a, you know, yeah, ran for DA here. Um, he was backed and financially supported by George Soros. Yeah. Boo. Again, George Soros is an ultra liberal, um, you know, billionaire who, if you go around the country um, to these other countries or other um, cities uh, like LA, um, I'm pretty sure he gave money to Gaskin. He definitely gave money to Krasner. He gave money to Fox, his Fox in. Atlanta, Georgia area, I think. Um, all these super progressive activist DAs, George Soros has given them money to to help them win. Um, and and, and push. Soros is not American. He's Soros. I don't know a lot about Soros. He's not. He's not from America. I don't think. Or or he he's not American born. I don't right. believe. I think he's. He lives in America. He's American now, but I don't think he's American born. Yeah. Um, he's just ultra liberal. He believes right. in in this like crazy reform stuff. Um, so this is what Krasner did. He gets in office, no criminal charges for marijuana possession. We're not talking small amount. We're talking like delivery. Pos no, possession. Oh, possession. Okay. I, I think I think they will still do delivery depending how much it is. But in in when watching the uh docuseries. He talks about, you know, they're talking about someone who has 100, 150 grams, you know, we're not even going to no charge charges. them. That's, that's a lot of money. 100, yeah. 150 grams of marijuana, that, that's a lot of money. I'm trying to do the math right now, but I'm really terrible at math. Um, but like a dime bag, how, much, how many grams are in like a dime bag? Like, like three? Two, two grams, three grams? Two, three, yeah. So, and a dime bag is like $10 normally. I don't, maybe it's a little less now, uh, but that's why they call it a dime bag. Usually it's 10, makes sense. 10 bucks. $10. Um, so think about that, you know, take a hundred, 150 divided by three, however much that it, it that's a, that's a lot of money um, to me anyways. Uh, but yeah, no criminal charges for marijuana possession up to a, a very high amount. Uh, he, he's ending cash bail or he has ended cash bail for some misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies. Um, Krasner believes it's unfair to keep people in detention simply because they cannot afford bail. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. 
He's reducing supervision for parolees. Um, he's being he's given more lenient sentences for certain crimes. When he got in office, he fired 31 prosecutors from the DA's office in the first week, uh, which was a 10% reduction in prosecutors. Uh, in 2019, he filed a motion to PA Supreme Court to declare capital punishment in PA unconstitutional. Um, extremely, extremely liberal and progressive. Here's some things I took away from the docuseries that I thought were really interesting. Tell me. They, him, so when he got office, he brought in his own team of people, um, like his own like core team of people, okay? Interestingly enough, when he got elected, um, there are reports that the people in the crowd at his election party were like screaming things like F the police. Okay. Um, and that staff members actually had to go around and be like, uh, probably not a good thing to yell. I like, we get it. We get it. But let's not, yeah, let's, let's not voice that. Um, the, so he, he, he refers to himself and his staff at times in the documentary as activists. Really? Yeah. Wild. Wild to me. And he's the senior he law is, enforcement. He is the person. top law enforcement official in Philadelphia. Yeah. And he, he, he thinks of himself as an activist. Okay. Um, so throughout the docuseries, they're constantly looking at numbers. They're looking at how many people are in prison. And so one of the big push, as soon as you get in, we need to lessen the amount of people in prison. Because I guess Philadelphia has the most amount of incarcerated people than any city in the u.s or okay. the second most or something like per that. capita or whatever like is yeah. that how they figured it out i or the they were saying the most oh, okay. again i didn't i didn't verify these sure. these details or anything but so they're looking at the numbers of people in prison and they're basically saying we need to get people out right like we're we're making less people in prison there is no talk about what what the crimes are, what the rap sheets are, uh, what the actions were. It's just like, we're getting people out. Now, okay. maybe they did on the back end look at who they're going to get out. But the, the sole focus, it was so interesting in these means, the sole focus was the fact that we have all these people in prison. We need to get that number down. No thought to like who the are ramifications sure. of that. Just like, we're going to get them out, um, which I thought was super interesting. Um, they, they focused on. Um, you know, when you, look, when you look at the criminal justice system, the amount of people who are in prison as adults or juveniles, it's, it's a minority of people. Like, we're not, the, the majority of the population in the United States is not in prison. Right. It, it's the minority of people who are in, who are in prison. Like, huge minority. Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the percentage is, but these activists would like you to believe that we're literally locking up everyone for right. every single thing. It's a very, very small minority of people that are in prison compared to the population of the United States. Right. They focus on those people who are incarcerated um, and how can we help them? How can we get them out? How can we help them? As I'm watching, I'm just thinking to myself, why... Why, why do we do that? Why as a country are we focusing on uh, minority, what we label as a victim groups of people, 
and doing everything to help them instead of praising and lifting up the majority of the people that are doing the right thing. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, uh, interesting like cultural thing we're doing. So there's no thought, there's no thought that the majority of people are doing the right thing and not going to prison. Let's focus on the people who are in prison and get them out. Like, right. you know, uh, which just again, and, and there are things in place in Pennsylvania, like ARD, um, accelerated rehabilitative disposition. That's something that Pennsylvania uses. There are programs already set up in Pennsylvania to try to keep people out of prison who, you know, qualify for those things and follow certain rules and do certain things so that they don't end up in prison. But it's not enough because it's never enough for activists. Right. It's never enough. Um, I mentioned earlier he has an armed guard with him all the time, but he's like ultra, you know, down with the Second Amendment guy or, or not a Second Amendment guy. Um, he made the, uh, he, he makes the comment during this docuseries that he, he wants more time to focus on the big stuff. Um, so we're going to focus less on the, on the little stuff. Um, not realizing that the little stuff is what leads to the big stuff or the right. people engaged in the little stuff are what, who are also who doing, are doing the big, the stuff, big stuff because yeah. criminals are doing minor crime, major crime, whatever. Right. Um, he has a monthly meeting with activists. Okay. Insane. Like these people are like, you think, you think Krasner is far left. These people are even farther left. They're, they're people who believe there should be no cash bail at all. And yeah. they're, they're in the docuseries. They're mad at Krasner because he's not coming out and saying, we're ending cash bail for everyone. Right. They believe in cash bail being ended for murderers, everyone. Right, right. And, and they're mad at Krasner. And that also goes to prove my point that I've talked about on these, on, on Diakonos Cups calling that activists are never happy. You will never appease them. Right. You will never do enough to appease them. They all will always There's want always more. There's always more. Yeah. yeah. And so you, ha you have him sitting in this room with these activists who have criminal records themselves, many of them, sure. who are telling him, you're not doing enough. You're, you're only ending cash bail for certain misdemeanors and low-level felonies. We want it ended for everyone. Right, there should be no cash bail. And his people are like, we, we can't do that. And they're like, well, we don't know if we can keep working with you. It's wild. <laughs> and he has meetings with them monthly, and they're trying to appease them. I'm like, you will not right. appease these people right. until they have everyone out of jails, Jails are abolished because that's what they believe. They believe right. jail should be abolished. They believe police should be gone. And so we think that, like you talked about, the prison like population being a minority, a small minority of the population. Those activists that you're talking about are probably even, or well, I'm sure they are. They're even smaller than the prison population. Probably. You know what I mean? So like you're appeasing this, I'm talking fringe minority. Yeah. That believe that prison should be abolished, and that's who he's meeting with monthly. Right, that's who. So not the people who could actually change the community, right? Right. Who could actually bring about good change, which would be, you know, it's it, it's what like if you get a chance to watch it, yeah, you need to watch will. it. It's, watch it's it. really interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing I thought about when I was watching it is that whole cash bail thing. How many lives has cash bail saved? And what is the point of bail? Can you explain to people what the point of bail is? So bail is to make sure that the community is safe. And make sure that the person who has been charged with these crimes, who's innocent until proven guilty, will show up to court hearings. Right. That's it. That's it. And so- It's not punitive. It shouldn't be punitive. It shouldn't be punitive. Yeah. Um, because that person is innocent until they're you know, found guilty or proven right. guilty. 
And so the big argument is that oftentimes in lower income communities, those are the people that are generally getting arrested for crimes um, because it's the stats show that more crime happens in lower income communities. And so then when, cat, when bail is set, they can't pay the bail. Right. Again, oversimplistic. Don't do the crime. Right, 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 right. Like if right. you, it, it's, we, we've, we've said, oh, you know, they're so, they're so down on their luck. They can't, they can't pay for it. Then don't do the crime. Right, right. Like if you're not going to be able to pay your bail, don't do the, yeah, the don't act. do a shooting, right? Like don't, don't commit a shooting. Well, even if you want to say like the lower level crimes, like the sure. misdemeanors or the nonviolent felonies that, right. that they are abolishing. Don't threaten bail. people or. Yeah pull a knife out on someone or exactly get in a fight and beat somebody up don't do it right right i, I mean i don't know what to tell you dude. like it's yeah. <laughs> don't do it um and and the other thing that cat that no one ever talks about with cash bail how many of these these um people who get cash bail is it saving their lives sure well, absolutely because a lot of them are engaged in a lifestyle that is extremely violent um, they're going to punch the wrong person and yeah. they're going to use the wrong bag of dope, but we don't talk about it. Right. We don't talk about the fact that cash bail, you know, I think save. we've even had cases in the city where we've had, uh, murder victims out on bail for other charges who have been killed Murder suspects, murder suspects, but, but victims like victims who were charged with something made bail or didn't get bail or got very low bail were That's out on the street and got killed. Right, right, right. Um, so I'm saying like the cash bail system, is it perfect? No, we talked about this already. Nothing in this world will be perfect. But we, 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 it, it actually has saved the lives of people. Yeah. It has. It, and it's, it's like, it's one thing to say you're innocent until proven guilty. And I believe that to be true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There, there are a lot, and, and that, that should be the case. If you have a shooting on video, mm -hmm. right? And in, like, like when, you, when you do a criminal charge, you type up the facts, right? You're saying, I'm, I'm charging this person with these crimes. This is what happened. Uh, on this date, the police responded to this area because someone called 911 because someone got shot. The police arrived. They saw the shooter with the gun in his hand pointing at the person laying on the ground that he had just shot. Yep. Like this is how an affidavit is kind of laid out. That right. the police talked to this person who said the person that the police stopped who had the gun pointed at this person did the shooting. You have four people that said that. And then you say, we found video cameras at this location. We reviewed the cameras. They show the person that we arrested and stopped who were charging with this crime do this. Like, so these affidavits are like very like fact oriented. Right. You can't put opinions in them. It's literally what people said, what you saw, um, what you found out through records or video or whatever. Right. So that person is charged and like the preliminary hearing or the, the, the judge looks at that and sees the person sitting before them. Are you this person? Yes. My name matches the, the name on these charges. Right. Okay. I'm, these are the facts. Uh, I'm going to set bail because it, it appears you're being charged with a crime that you probably did. Right. So then you got to wait for a preliminary hearing, which is usually pretty quick, a week or two. Right. And then like there should be bail for that person. That person right. should be held to save the community and to make sure they show up. If I'm charged with, the, with shooting you and you let me go, I'm probably going to run. 
Right. You know what I mean, I don't want. I don't want to deal with that. Right. Right. I'll go hide somewhere. I'll go hermit in the woods. Like. Right. Well, and I think I think that's that's why my like that time of that time between the preliminary hearing and the the actual trial and sentencing is so long right now in this country. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I don't think back, you know, however many years it was, but it's so long now in this country. And so like as I'm watching this documentary, I'm thinking of this verse in Ezekiel um or not Ezekiel Ecclesiastes uh, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Right. So, again, you know, because I like to bring biblical truth into these conversations, when I watch that and people are wringing their hands about, oh, these people are in prison on bail for a year or for how long, you know what would solve that? Bringing them to trial quicker, quickly. Yeah. Quickly. Which is in our like constitution, right? right. It's like speedily. Bring them to trial quickly. Yeah. Have a sentence set immediately after the trial. And move on. Don't, you know, because a lot of times the trial happens and then it's months before the sentence is set. Right. A pre-sentence and, investigation. Like how bad is this? Like there's all this stuff. And I think that stuff's important. It, it just takes forever, it is, man. I, I'm not going to say it's not important. But though, if if we would if we would follow the Bible more um, directly and correctly in this country, I think it would help solve the problem. Sure, and and but people don't want to do that. Yeah, and I get it. But people want to sentence. I mean, we have sentence guidelines. Like these are things that I'm not super smart with. Your um, your guests that you've had on that are defense attorneys or whatever, like that. There, there are people that could talk about that, but like there's sentence guidelines based on what someone did, but they jump up depending on their like history and their like family involvement. Like, I think that does come into account. It just has to move quicker. Yeah, correct. It, it has to move quicker. And I'm not even saying it shouldn't come into consideration, but, um, but we don't, but our focus is on the criminal. We focus on the criminal. We don't right. even focus on the victim. Um, and this was something like Lauren helped me realize, like even as a police officer, I, I would work more focused on the criminal than I was the victim in many of my, many of my cases. Not, not in like, I wasn't trying to work for the victim, but I was more focused on, and again, that partly that's probably because of my job. I'm not, I'm, I'm talking to the victim, I'm getting the information, I'm bringing the charges. My, my focus is on, you know, uh, holding up justice against the criminal, but I think oftentimes we just forget about the people involved in these cases and these progressive DAs are so focused on the criminal. Like, what can we do for the criminal? How can we reform the like criminal? Help, yeah. How can we help the yeah. criminal? Instead of, like, once, once, they're, once they're labeled as guilty, like, punishment ensues. Right. Now you're being punished. Right. As you should. Right. Now, you can still get help to try to, like, reform, your, to reform that person. Right. But they must be held accountable. They must be punished for their crimes. Right. So like, but, but it's not, I don't and know that a sentence is now like viewed like that. No. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you're going to go to jail, and the but game, like, we're going to try to help you to get you so you don't come back to jail. And the whole job of the defense attorney is to play that game and try to work for their client. And, you know, 
do their dirty little tricks like, hey, I know this officer has worked all night long. So at the like, I'm going to try to drag out this preliminary hearing as long as possible. And then I'm going to ask for a continuance after he's been here for two hours on no sleep and then um, hope he doesn't show up at the next hearing that let the defense attorney do that. If you're the D.A., you're not doing that. That's yeah. not your job. Your job is to go after right. and convict. Right. Right. You know, it's not to try to figure out how can we. How can we lessen the sentence? How can we lessen the discipline for this charge? That's not your job as the prosecutor. You're not an activist. You are a prosecutor. Yeah. You're a law enforcement official. And, and so, like, yeah, we don't execute sentences speedily. We, we, we take forever to do it. We, you know, so do it speedily. If you don't want people in, in, in prison waiting for their trials, do the trial six months earlier. Do the trial nine months earlier. Right. Right. Tell your, tell your, you know, you know, we, we made it so complicated. Is that going to put a lot of pressure on prosecutors and police officers? Yes. But you know who else it puts pressure on? Defense attorneys. Right. Do it quicker. Do it quicker and make it mandatory. If, if, if you go and tell a guy who likes to run around in the neighborhood with a gun and sell drugs and you say, and he's, let, let's say, you know, whether he's a felon or not a felon, but let's say we start putting like standardized sentences. If we catch you with a gun, you get automatic 10 years within one month of getting caught with a gun. Because how are you going to deny getting caught with a gun? Right. If your defense attorney wants to argue about the stop or try to like, you know, do whatever, he has a month to do it. But from the month you get arrested, from the day you get arrested in one month, you're, you're going to be 10 sentenced. years, 10 years right. state prison. Do you think that would have an effect on violent crime? I think it would. I think, I think it would, would take too. a while. I think it would probably take the first six, eight months till people right. start realizing, yo, Johnny, Johnny just got picked up with a gun. He's doing 10 years. I'm, right. I'm going to leave my gun at home. Yeah. 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 Or I'm going to get rid of this thing or I'm going to throw it in the river or I'm going to. But instead we have DAs are like, let's try to figure out how to get him out of prison. Yeah. Um, lower his bail. What programs can we get him in? Right. And these guys know it. They know they can work the system. Oh, you know, I made a mistake. Um, I'll, I'll, wear a bra I'll wear an ankle bracelet. Yeah. And, you know, right now, Chicago is guys with ankle bracelets on are running amok. <laughs> you know, yeah, they it's keep, wild, man. you know, uh, but anyway, so they're charging this officer. They're charging this officer in Philly. With, yeah, with, yeah. In Philadelphia with killing this um, uh, 12 year old. Um, I know you read about the case. I know you looked at the grand jury findings. First of all, can you explain what a grand jury is? Why a district attorney would bring a grand jury in to decide? Yeah, so I I'm think the, you understand it a little better I, than me. Even. I think it's a fact finding, like mission. Right. So there's like the the grand jury is like it's generally secret, um, and basically the prosecutor or the the government can bring in anybody they want, any records they want, and they let the people listen to all the facts or whatever they, they present. Right. And then that jury recommends charges, charges if they want. Right. So, um, so it's not a it, trial. It's not a trial. It's basically a, a grand jury is deciding whether or not there's enough evidence to drop charges to on charge. someone. Right. Um, or to indict, I think is the indict. Yeah. So, so Krasner did a grant, chose to do a grand jury for this officer. He, I don't know if Philadelphia always has a grand jury on 
on standby for a case like this because when did this happen? March? And he put this before a grand jury almost immediately. Yeah. Um, he, he announced back here in May, the end of May, towards the end of May, that this officer was being charged. So he got it before a grand jury very, very quickly. In my opinion, the reason he... Now, why would a district attorney decide to use a grand jury over just deciding to drop charges himself? Because he's, he's not the guy. It's not him who did it, maybe. I, don't, I mean... Yeah. I, like, is there, is, but is there like a reason... How, how does a district attorney make a decision? I'm going to use a grand jury in this case. I'm not going to use a grand jury in this case. Because in Pennsylvania, a, a district attorney's office can say, we're filing charges for this on this person. Right. You're, the grand jury, is it just more difficult cases where the evidence... It's like an invest... It's like I, an investigative... Can you, can you call it an investigative tool, though? I don't, think, I don't know that you can. Because I'm, I'm not huge into right. grand jury stuff. So I might be talking crazy and, stuff. But like, it seems a little bit... Like, if you have... If you have probable cause to bring right. a charge, you bring it. Right. But like a grand jury is more like a, it's like a test run almost. Like what do these people think about the facts that we currently know? If we would bring charges, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's kind of like that. I personally think some DAs use it as a political tool. Okay. And I think, Kra like, I think Krasner used it as a political tool in here. He's, he's saying, I didn't bring the charges. I didn't decide to charge this cop. I took it before a grand jury. The grand jury is recommending charges of murder. Um, I think it's a political, in this case, Yeah, I think it's a political tool. Knowing everything I know about Krasner, he hates the police. Sure. He, so he, like, why wouldn't he just charge? Why wouldn't he just charge? Because he's trying, like, and it's obvious in, the, in, the, in this um, docu docuseries that he's trying to maintain this balance of completely hating the police but also gaining their trust. It's really wild. Okay. Like, so looking he, like he's saving face in front of the police yes. that like, like he doesn't actually like, but he wants them to like trust him. Right. Because there's no come trust. On board with him. Okay. There's no trust. Right now between the Philadelphia Police Department and Krasner, there's no trust. They okay. don't trust him. And, and he knows that. He, under, he recognizes that. He has city council people telling him that in this series. They don't trust you. Yeah. Um, so he recognizes that politically speaking to survive in the position because the, the power of the FOP, whether right or wrong, the power of the FOP in Philadelphia, he, he needs to maintain that trust or build or that win trust, them over. win them over. So for me personally, looking at this, he's like, I don't know if I have enough to bring a murder charge. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a grand jury. Now, again, I don't know his heart. I don't know his mind, Sure. but it, it has that ring to it. When you read down over the grand jury findings, for this case, what stuck out to you? What did you think about? Like, what did, what did you, knowing what you know about the case, I mean, it's not a, I, I would say it's not a cut and dry, what we would call a good shoot, not a, a, not a easily cut and dry. There's a lot of moving parts in it. Um, but yeah, what did you? So like, when I say I read it, I mean, I perused it. Okay, um, but, but like they, they basically end it like, so the shots ring out. He runs. Um, the foot pursuit is apparently a violation of their policies or something like that, or the way that he pursued. So, something's like like they they mentioned that a few times that like he violated policy this during this and that. It sounds like you know um, 
they didn't turn the lights on when they should have turned the lights on so they couldn't have known like it's all this kind of like weird stuff right um but like at the end they make it sound like this this uh this kid like threw his gun down mid block continued to run hid behind a car and the officer who was um indicted like like kind of found him and shot him without the gun right. he was asked like hey where's somebody somebody came up after him like toward the like once the shooting happened and, and it's over like uh, this this other officer's running toward him and says hey where's the gun he's like back there and like the gun's found i think it's i mean it's pretty far it's like mid-block 40 feet 40 feet let um the way krasner puts it is is nearly 40 feet away from the from yeah. the from the kid yeah i mean that I don't know. I mean, I yeah, wasn't there. I don't know the, this guy's motives. Right. Uh, this officer's motives. I mean, maybe he did want to kill the kid. I mean, that, that, that's a possibility. Absolutely. It, it is it a possibility. Did, did you feel like anything, as you perused the grand jury uh, findings, did you feel like anything was missing from the testimony they heard? So, was his interview in there? So, that's the one thing I, I want to touch on. The only statements they had from... First of all, the officer who is being charged did not appear before the grand jury, which probably is normal. I don't, right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's normal or not. I, I, I mean, yeah, he didn't appear before the grand jury. The only statements from him that they that were in the grand jury findings are statements he made immediately after the shooting. Right. Which I think like, is like, hey, the gun is back there. Like yes. that statement came in. So, like, you know, he, he it the incident has happened. A superior is there. A superior talks to him briefly at the scene. He makes statements at the scene about what happened. Those are the only statements that appears were brought before the grand jury. The statements he made in an interview, like 24 or 48 hours later, once he's been able to go through some sleep cycles. And, you know, it's science people. They, they have proven <laughs> that, you know, um, you, but when a police officer is involved in a critical incident like this, getting sleep is, is paramount to right. being able to recount accurately what happened because your brain actually like for, you know, cuts out. You don't remember everything as it. And, and I can attest to this. Being part of a critical incident, I gave a statement right after. Days later, I remembered something um, that I had to go back to the investigating detective and correct. Right. Um, and it was not nothing small. Like it was pretty major thing that I remembered um, that I had recounted differently immediately thereafter. It wasn't because I was trying to hide anything or it wasn't because I was trying to change anything. It just like I, I you know, in, in the 24 hours after you know, some of my critical incidents, it's literally thought about nonstop. You literally think about it yeah. non nonstop. Yep. You replay it in your head. You're basically, you're trying to make sense of it. There, there's still times in my life now where I'll see something that reminds me of a critical incident and I will rethink it. Um, and I asked, I asked, uh, you know, my counselor about this one time, I'm like, why do I do that? Like years later, I'll see something It'll remind me of this incident. Then I'll go, like, I'll actually go back and look up articles about it. And I'll basically 
reprocess the whole thing. And the answer I got was your, your brain, regardless of how many years have passed, is still trying to make sense of it. So sometimes if something triggers a thought or a memory about it, you will actually go back and rehash the whole thing to again, like order it in your brain. So it makes sense again in your brain yeah. so that you have it categorized correctly in your brain, um, which is completely normal. So they've proven that sleep helps officers do this. So a lot of times police departments don't interview an officer who's been involved in a critical incident for 24 or 48 hours. And if you want to argue me about that and talk about, you know, when you interview a suspect, that doesn't happen. When you interview a witness, that doesn't happen. It's different because they're involved in crime. Right. You know, the, the officer is, is involved in doing his job. We need to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, if you're a suspect shooting at someone, I, a lot of times you go back to witnesses later on and, and talk oh, yeah. to them again yeah. uh, because they remember stuff differently. But anyways, um, none of that is in right. the grand jury findings. The only thing from, from the shooting, the officer who shot is his statements at the scene and those are used against him, um, which I thought was like really problematic. I, I, I felt like looking down over the grand jury, I felt like, they were very selective about what they brought before um, the grand jury. But that's what you do. Again, correct. I, under, I, I get that. Um, but, but it's an officer who, I guess my thing is, like, why are we trying to, why are we trying to crush officers? Like, why are we, like, I'm not saying he shouldn't be. I'm not saying, like, he didn't commit murder. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't think it's the cleanest shoot I've ever looked into it's or definitely not yeah yeah it's it's not but but why are we krasner wants to charge him i think that's your I mean, belief yeah that's my that he, belief that based to. on his rat you know his uh his record and everything um i just felt like it was a disservice to the officer to not include his finalized interview in those um the charge in the grand jury the indictment yeah or whatever yeah i Again, um, Krasner stood up. He did a press conference on this. I watched the entire half-hour press conference because I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> you know, Krasner, in the press conference, he, he made comments like, the gun was found 40 feet away from uh, this 12-year-old. Uh, he's like, 40 feet is a long way, is a long way away. Um, my comment to that is, no, it's not. Uh, if you've just been shot at uh, 40 feet away, can literally be covered in um, two to three seconds, and that's if you're going pretty slow, mm -hmm. like real slow. Um, Krasner also said that the boy was essentially face down, essentially face down when he got shot, so not face down. Right. Um, and Krasner said he was like in like a push-up-like position and turning backwards towards the officer, uh, which Krasner says in the press conference, um, perhaps turning back to see who was pursuing him. Again, I got a problem with this. Like you're oh, yeah. the DA. Why are you why are you adding your little like beliefs into it? Like just state the facts. Um he in the press conference talks about wanting to be careful and not go beyond what the court is permitting or the grand jury, but he makes all types of conclusions, opinions, says yeah. things like I just said, which just drive me crazy. Um he talks about uh, some officers were saying they were testifying stolen firearm investigation when they stopped these um these kids i think one of them was actually an adult but obviously we had the 12 year old um the other two officers were saying it was part of a vehicle code violation um 
listen, it can it can be both. You interview an officer like, yeah, we were investigating a firearms violation, but they also committed a traffic violation, a vehicle code violation. Um, allegedly, there was a Secret Service agent involved in the surveillance they were doing. No, they didn't want to talk about why that was, why that was. Right. No mention at all about why that was. It was in the grand jury finding because the feds because the feds don't want to be yeah involved. But so the question is, why is there a fed involved in this in the surveillance? Um, Krasner refers to the boy, a hundred eleven pound twelve year old child. Um, we can't get around the fact that you have an unarmed twelve year old child that dropped the gun, like really plain. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, man. Yeah, you get in the car, you get shot at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When do you become unarmed? You know what I mean? Like, like, correct. Like, right. when when are you unarmed? And did the officer was what did it happen so fast that the officer like computed that a gun was thrown, but like reacted before like his mind that realized got yeah. caught up to his reaction? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's there were mention about like videos and like the timestamps in like that like like the basically they were inferring in the grand jury that he hunted this kid like yeah that's how because the time that the time that the kid runs by and the gun's thrown versus the time he got shot from another video like there's, right there's a lot of like it almost seemed like manipulation or whatever but it, they made it sound like he hunted the kid which if he did like shame yeah. on him put him in jail put him in jail right Right. But if you didn't, like shame shame on the uh the prosecutor. Like Yeah, I just I just think like Yeah. You're I mean, asking the cops to 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 do almost an impossible job. You know what I mean? You give them the authority to to do these certain things like like stop people with guns, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody gun problems are a problem, right? Let's take the guns from people, but like they, so they get shot at they chase a person with a gun. Some things happen. They get the guy with the gun. They just happen to like, it's just, it's just all messy, man. Like, well, and I think, I mean, he's chasing the lawbreaker, the guy that they want them to go chase. Right. They're chasing him. Right. And then like, it doesn't end well. Like it just doesn't. It, it, this, this incident, it didn't end well. Like it's sad that this 12 year old got shot, but it, but if he got shot, and the officer thought he was doing the right thing for the right reason at the right time. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to mess. It. I don't know. Right. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, you do. It's just I mean, like, it, it bums me out that it happened this way. Right. Cause I, I would have, I don't, I mean, I, I've never met a cop that, that, that loves shooting 12 year old kids. It doesn't yeah, happen. Ever. I've never seen them. If, the, if they're around, like they should be put in jail. Like they shouldn't right. be cops. Right. Like nobody wants to shoot a 12 year old. Nobody wants to shoot an adult. You know, like. Right. No, it, it's but we're gonna get the bad guy because that's in our, that's it, that's who we are. That's who we've yeah. been asked to, like, pursue as the bad guy. Right. I uh, I I think it's disheartening for guys like you and me because we can put ourselves in the officer's um, shoes, <laughs> and be like, you know, and I think that's what's so aggravating for me as I see cases like this and I see people jump on the um cops did the wrong thing bandwagon and um assign motives to the to the to police like right now i'm listening to a book on brianna taylor raid yeah from sergeant mattingly okay um and super super interesting uh book and it's just so interesting to me that we we 
like think like motives are assigned were assigned to this sergeant in the Brianna Taylor case. Motives are assigned to this officer in this 12 year old um, dying case, getting shot case. Motives were assigned to uh, Officer Chauvin in the George Floyd case. Motives against people, like you're deciding what's in their heart, what's in their mind. And I think what's the most disheartening thing to me is I see a lot of Christians doing it, a lot of believers doing it. And I'm like, if I was that officer, because I can put myself in their shoes, I can put myself in all three of those officers' shoes, um, even, even Chauvin's. I, I've, yeah. I've been there in, in, in fights like that. Someone who, and if you haven't watched the whole video, if you've only watched the, the, the seven, eight minutes yeah, or the, the nine minutes, minutes right, whatever, right. watch the whole video. Watch the whole video. I know it's difficult, but watch the whole video. Like I can put myself in that officer's shoes. I'm not saying I would do what Chauvin did, right. but I, I can put myself in that situation. And, and so like I see people drawing conclusions about the hearts and minds of officers and do it all the time. You're not supposed to do it to anyone else. You're not supposed like yeah. anyone else you're supposed to um, empathize with, under, try, seek to understand, um, be long suffering with like, but cops, nope, you, you decide what yeah. they were thinking. You decide what was in their heart. And so I'm like, okay, so if that was me, like if I was the officer that shot the 12 year old, would some of the people that I know, some of the Christians I know who are drawing conclusions about it, would they draw the same conclusion? Since they know me? Maybe. And if they would draw the same conclusion, like that's really wrong. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you know, like we know nothing about this officer. We, we have no, we know nothing. He could be a, he could be a brother in Christ. We don't know. Right. Like, you know, if, if it comes, if it comes out in the trial that, and they have more evidence and, and the jury decides he's guilty of murder, I may not agree with it or I may, I may agree with it. Yeah. Um, then I'll be more willing to talk about motives, but man, I see people just assigning motives and, and to people. And I'm just like, I think it's a dangerous road to go down. And motive is one of the hardest things to prove or to get out in, invest, in any investigation or any situation. Right. Like motive is difficult. Like you're, you're guessing unless they tell you. And even if they tell you, it you might know, not be the truth. Right. They could be lying to you. Motive and intent. Yeah. Like it's like, super hard to prove that. Like it's. Maybe it was the officer's intent to kill him. Sure. Maybe he decided at the beginning of the foot pursuit, like, I don't care what kid. happens. I'm getting this person. I'm This person who shot might, at me, I'm getting him. Right. I, I, I doubt he even knew he was 12, but I'm sure you know, yeah. under that level of stress, I doubt he knew he was 12. But yeah, maybe, maybe at the beginning of the foot pursuit, he's like, I'm going to kill this guy. Maybe yep. he did. But he also... But is, I don't know how you're going to know that. And... Like, like you can't, I don't think you can know that the job of the prosecutor is to put that in the mind of the jury. So like, I get that that's their job, right? But like, that's not our job. That's not my job to say this guy did this for this reason. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know that we should yeah. as a society, let, let the prosecutor do that mm-hmm. and let's see if a jury believes it. Yeah. Like that's the system we work in. Cause in reality, there's only one person who knows, well, there's two people who know the officer himself. The officer. Right. And and the Almighty, you know right. what I mean? Like those are the only two people who know. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. And it goes back to the Uvalde shooting too. Like I've seen like people say like those officers were cowards. Dude. Yeah, yeah chill out. Like you can't, yeah. Seriously. You haven't heard from any of them. Right. Right. You've heard you know, like, nothing about yeah, them. You know like, nothing about the, the people. Yeah. I just, it, yeah. You, it, might, be, it, you it, might be able to say that someone's actions are cowardice. Right. But you can't say that that person's a coward. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I, just, I, just, I mean, you can say it, but like you can't, you can't know that or prove that. Right. And I just can't imagine being the officer in those situations and people saying those things that don't know you. And that's just, you know, that's difficult. You like, you just, you just sit there and take it because you don't have a seat at, as a police officer right now. You don't have a seat at the table. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's talking to you. Nobody no wants one to wants to, to talk to, to you. Yeah. They just want to decide. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's wrong, but all right. Good conversations. Heavy, but good. Dude, that was heavier than what we should have done. You always say that though. Hey. I, I think it's good. I, I think it's good. I think it helps people. All right. Help people. Yeah. Uh, Process you, it. People are processing this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're, we're processing. I mean, we're, we're processing. processing. It. We don't. We don't know what we're talking about. We just make we're, things, and like, we're processing it behind a mic. And hopefully, hopefully, at least one thing we say yeah. helps helps other people process it. And yeah, think we're about just trying. It. I'm just trying to think through things too, man. Like it, it's all it's all confu- If you're not there and you didn't see it, you're not involved right. in it. Like you're just kind of like you're guessing, right? But what we can know is what you're going to make with that rhubarb I brought you. What are you gonna make? Like a strawberry rhubarb pie? I love you, Gary. You you always have a way, like to make it. You fun? always change this. Like when you're when you're ready, you change the subject. I like it. Will you do like strawberry rhubarb pie? Will um, you do like a? Yes, probably strawberry rhubarb. Like a crisp, crisp, dude. We did. We, Lauren made one with rhubarb. We had yeah. Um, so you could do and, rhubarb and jam or is, marmalade. This is. Just can it be a you, marmalade? Can rhubarb be a marmalade, or is marmalade only for like? I don't like marmalade. Ugh, gross. Really? No, I don't like that. But to, just to give, I want to give people a glimpse into like our interactions. So, like, couple. What was it last week? You send me a picture of rhubarb. You send me a picture of rhubarb. This is like classic Gary and Anthony interaction. You send me a picture of rhubarb. I write back radical and then I go right into like the heaviest topic possible. Hey, you need to like watch yeah. this and we need to talk about this on the podcast. And there's no response from you. I totally ignored it. I was I like, know. dude, I was sending the thing because your rhubarb is pathetic. I don't want to talk about rhubarb. Your rhubarb was literally like four inches high and it probably spread out about six inches. Yeah. We need to do something. Yeah. Uh, we also had, we rab- have raised we had beds. rabbits That's- eat everything in our beds. You got to put rhubarb. We're, fence around the thing. We're working on it. We, we got a plan, All but right. we got some chicken wire. Nice. Uh, we're going to, we're going to um, do like circular chicken wire around our tomato plants. So they get bigger and they yeah. can't be eaten completely. Um, yeah. So we, we're, we got a plan Monday where our plan is coming through Amazon probably. Nice. So we're, we're working on Why it. Why don't you go to a local hardware store and buy the stuff? Uh, because I get it cheaper on Amazon. We, That's so we rude though. It. You got to support like we, local businesses. Uh, we didn't go to a local. We went to Lowe's and lo- I was like, I'm not buying it here at Lowe's. Go to local place. I know. We ran out There's of time. There's one five minutes down the road. We ran out of time, Gary. Oh, so you ran out of time, but now you're going to wait a week and a half, two weeks till really? Amazon delivers to you. No, Monday. Okay. Did you not hear me? Okay. That's four days away. If people you are listening go- to this on Tuesday, they're like, that's not four days away. See, you're, you're committing a foul, a podcast foul. You're the one talking about dates. 
Yeah. That, that's because you can talk about that's specific dates. No, the foul is when people listen to, your, to the episode, you want them to feel like it's, it was just recorded. Nobody thinks that. I know. Everybody that, knows that it's like it was pre-recorded. Like if they think it's live. Let's like, tell people we recorded this in January. December. We actually know the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, that'd be awesome. Like we're talking about stuff that right. happens in the future. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. would be amazed. It's awesome. Like, uh, Dude, shop local, buy local. I, I do like to do that usually. Um, just in this instance, it came down to what's easiest. Yeah. So I had to buy thread from Singapore because my wife wanted a, spe- she wanted a specific color bag. So I'm making this tote for her. It's her summer bag, apparently. Um, but it's like, uh, it's like lavender-ish and mauve colored. Okay. Kind of suede Okay. I'm making a bag for her. And like, I don't really have thread for that. And she wanted it to match like perfectly. So she had... So Not you, she. We ordered it from Singapore. So we did a bunch. I usually go through Med, uh, Maine Thread Company, uh, which is out of Maine, obviously. I like to buy American stuff. Um, but they didn't have the colors that we wanted. So we had to go outside of that. So we found this place called Crimson Hide in uh, Singapore. So we ordered thread from Singapore. It shipped already. Okay. It's pretty exciting. I don't know how long it's going to take. Right. If it gets held up at the border. Although we have open borders, so... It should come right through. It should, it's like a sieve. It should, should just slide right on through. It's like a sieve, man. Although I don't think that's how it works with the mail system. It's just if you're a human being. You right. can just kind of slide yeah. right through. Uh, no vetting process if you're a human. Mail oh, has you gotta, to be open Have the dog check. sniff it. You got to right. like open the package, yep. repackage, put it back yes. in the dip. Yeah. Yes. Um, Run it through a because machine. Because people aren't capable of evil. Boxes. Mails, mail is. Mail is. Right. And that inanimate object. Inanimate object. The gun. The gun. That's the it, fault. That is the fault. If we, if we crack down on inanimate objects. Take them all away. The, take, hearts, the hearts of people are generally good, Oh, Gary. yeah. Yeah. Generally set on doing good. And they're looking out for the better of other people. Yep. There's no, yeah. Um, so, so sarcastic, Anthony. Open the borders. Let everyone in. Let's not vet anyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. But let's secure the government and make sure that nobody can come into any building that our government works in. Yes. And let's Especially put, a DA. Yes. And, and if you are- security. If you are like a president or past president, make sure that you build a very uh, boisterous fence around your property. Uh, make sure you have armed security. Yeah. Um, you know, it's important for you. Not important for anyone else. These peons that live like if the government is the only like group of people who have guns, Mm -hmm. that is the scariest situation to ever be in. I think sure, and history proves it. Bro, we're ramping back up into something something else. But all right, I think you can ferment rhubarb. Oh my word. I don't, and I, I have enough of it because my plants are ginormous. I have zero desire to ferment rhubarb. Really? Yeah. Do you do uh, kombucha or what's it called? Kombucha. <laughs> kombucha. 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 Is that how you say it? Yeah, I've made it in the past. Yeah. All right. Have you? I ever, do like that stuff. It's dude, supposed to be really good for your gut. It's great for gut. So it's fermented fruit and vegetables. So you can ferment like you can ferment anything. Well, okay. not anything. You can almost ferment anything. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we could do kombucha. It's easy. You Don't need you a need mother. Like, yeah, you need it's a mother. It's called a uh, really symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. 
a SCOBY. You know, one thing I'm learning about you is you are probably one of the smartest people I know. I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this about you. Symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast, and it looks like snot for a little while. And then it turns Great. into like this uh, like hockey puck looking thing. And it's funky sometimes, but it's, it's good. It ferments your... It puts yeah. a bunch of good bacteria and yeast. Sometimes in I feel tea. like my gut feels like that. The older I get, a symbiotic culture of bacteria yes. and yeast. <laughs> Dude, sometimes I eat sometimes. Well, and it I'm is. Like, what it is actually is going a, on. Yeah. I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted. Like we were, you know, like literally whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Dude, the other night, Lauren and I, we we got in this kick. We wanted something salty. Yeah. And we had we had uh, Doritos left over from from yeah, yeah. us hanging out with you guys on Memorial Day. So at like ten o'clock at night, we're chowing down on Doritos. <laughs> Dude, you would have thought I ate poison. Oh man. The next day, you would have thought rot. I ate poison. Oh like, man. It was. I'm like. I used to like Doritos, and then you put cheese on top and melt oh, it. Man. But oh, you don't man. do that Not stuff just, anymore. No, I don't. No. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, man. All right. Thanks for uh, having me on. It was good seeing you again. It was great seeing you. To everyone out there, hope you enjoyed the episode. And third Tuesday of June, Detective Jess Higgins will be on. And actually, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss it. I'm telling you. And actually, uh, uh, Detective Gary Lowe is on that episode as well. And you'll hear why. You'll hear why. You got to tune in to hear why in the world I would have Lowe on uh, the episode with a guest, but it's a really good episode. You guys will really enjoy it. Make sure you tune in to that. Uh, till next time, beginning of July, low expectations, take five. See you later, Gary. Bye.